Curriculum Associates presents Extraordinary Educators with hosts Sari Labaris and Danielle Sullivan. Get ready to hear tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your teaching, leadership, and drive student learning. We're here for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Extraordinary Educator Podcast. I'm Danielle. Hey, everyone. It's Sari. And this week, we are joined by our wonderful colleague, National Director of Content and Implementation at Curriculum Associates, Brooklyn Trover. And she has published an exciting new uh, research paper on supporting older struggling students and what it takes from the teacher perspective to be able to really dig in and take care of yourself and understand what you're going through in order to help your students even more. Absolutely. And when Danielle says what it takes and what Brooklyn describes in the paper, it's not the strategies. It's not the teaching students to decode or teaching them phonics. It's the mental capacity and the load and the emotions that are behind the teaching and how you can um, use that to kind of inspire you and move your students forward. Great. Let's listen. Hello, Brooklyn. Welcome back to the podcast. So what have you been up to lately? Well, I'm hitting the road with a few things, um, and one of them I'm super excited about because it's supporting my favorite people in education, teachers. Uh, and it's a it's a paper that I researched with a few of my colleagues and put together on teachers who teach older students, so third grade and above, uh, reading because they don't know how to read all of them. Turns out, and uh, this this paper is focused though on the teachers that do that incredible work. So I'm super excited to share it at some of our events and uh, with all of our educators. So what prompted you to write something like this? What's what is your background in that? I mean, it definitely resonates as for me as a former fifth and sixth grade special ed teacher. So tell me tell me about you. What's your why? Why do you why why do you think this is needed? Uh, thanks, Danielle. Well. I was also a fifth grade teacher and an eighth grade teacher. And both of those classroom positions drove me to try to figure it out for my kids. Right. But as as I've met more and more teachers across the country, I I just see the emotions, the grit, the the passion, the what can we say on podcast, blood, sweat, tears, all of it that go into teaching. Teaching is an emotional craft really. And it's taking those emotions and putting them together in a way that serves kids. That's wild. Like that's so awesome. And so how do we help? How do we pour energy into those teachers who are doing so much emotional work every day? I mean, and I'm just talking about reading. Imagine all of the other things that they are working on and for. Um, so yeah, I just want to support those teachers. I've been there. I see them want to help them. Yeah. We've all been there and it's so true. It's not just your job, it's your life. And, and we have the most respect for you, our listeners. Um, and I'm curious, Brooklyn, like, how do you, how does that knowing that of course that, uh, teaching is an emotional, I don't even want to say job. It's just, it's just who they are. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it, there's so much weight that comes with the responsibility of teaching and how does that relate or how did you relate it to um, teaching older students who are below grade level in reading? Yeah, that was, that was the tricky part. It wasn't like, I just wanted to build them up. I wanted them to recognize where they are and validate that. And, and I honestly, I got a lot of this from just understanding, you know, um, social emotional learning a little bit more that you need to validate the emotions because they're real. 
and then build or bridge into um, other emotions that can be more productive and meaningful for you. So I took the emotions that I felt as a teacher that I see other teachers feeling um, and described it uh, in the paper as like a cycle. Like most upper grade teachers go through this cycle of emotions when they have kids that can't read. So I took those and said, okay, how can we turn those how can we use the, the research behind reading? How can we use what we know about kids and motivation and goal setting and turn those emotions into different emotions? So I'm not trying to help teachers know exactly the exact steps to teach older kids how to read. There's lots of other resources for that. I'm trying to help teachers shift their emotions to be powerful for them. And that's not an easy task. I mean, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> What, you're just doing this in this one paper? I mean, so what are your hopes and dreams for this work moving forward? Like you wrote the paper, which is great. So it's an, it's all in one place. I hear what, uh, what you just, what, I heard what you just said that you're sharing the story at our events, but what is your hope for the impact of this? I really hope that it turns into something that administrators can recognize as a need for their teachers, that the work, the reminder in leadership, in educational leadership, that this is such an emotional craft and what we can do to support our teachers in harnessing or channeling their, their um, emotions in a way that's going to be productive and get results is super important and that they need to give them space. Administrators need to give teachers space to actually go through that cycle, process that cycle with their colleagues, have a space where they can um, share and collaborate and move through the emotions together and um, just feel valued in going through the process. I used to be frustrated and now I'm motivated. Here's what I'm going to do. You know, I used to, to be just empathetic and raise my hands up in defeat. And now I have clarity on exactly what my kids need. You know, it's those kinds of, of steps that really take leadership and space. So true. Um, couldn't have said it better myself. And it's so, so important to be able to reg regulate yourself as an adult when it's a really frustrating profession for a bajillion reasons, but especially when it comes to um, what you're talking about. And I'm, I'm curious, just in our last few minutes, you talk a lot about, you know, leveraging your emotions to uplift and kind of changing frustration to motivation. If I'm a teacher listening to this on my drive to school or coming home, what is some, a way that I can practically do that tomorrow or today with my kids when I'm feeling frustrated, my eighth grader is doing X or, you know, I just, just talk to me about like one or two practices that you've seen work in terms of changing those feelings in the moment. Sure. I think the, the greatest way, and you'll see it throughout the paper described as clear communication with kids. And thankfully um, this is centered around older students, right? There is not an older student out there who doesn't know um, if they're behind, that they're behind. They know, they know, they feel it. They, they, but they just keep getting passed on and keep not catching up and keep not getting there. They, they hear things like good job and that was better. And those kinds of things aren't enough for kids. But if you are clear in your, mo in your communication with them, then you can change those emotions by saying like, look, I've, I've been frustrated too. I haven't had to, I haven't learned how to help kids with this yet until now I learned how to do it. I'm going to help you. And that like that layer 
is so motivating for both of them or saying, hey, every other teacher you have had has tried their hardest, but I don't, I need you to know I'm about to try my hardest. This is the thing we're going to work on. This is your job. This is my job. Are we going to be able to do this together? Those kinds of clear communication, every um, bit of goal setting just shows time and time again that the more specific and targeted the goal is, the higher chance you have of reaching it. So the same thing goes with conversations and teenagers, right? The more specific and targeted you can be about what you're going to do and how you're going to change, the better chance you have of doing it. And I want to add another layer that you're talking about, but I'm going to call it out because language is so important. Vulnerability. What you're saying is be real with the kids. Say, this is hard for me. It's hard for you. But together, we're going to figure this out. Here's a new tool I'm learning. Like, I think that I think teachers are forgetting or maybe they're not giving themselves permission. So you're giving them permission in this paper. Thank you for writing it. Thank you for doing all of the work you're doing. We appreciate you. And unfortunately, that is all the time we have today on this currently. Thank you, ladies. (laughs) Thanks for being here, Brooklyn. We will link her paper in the show notes. That's it for today's episode of the Extraordinary Educators podcast. Please leave us a review where you listen to podcasts as it really helps us reach more educators like you. Follow us on Twitter at Curriculum Associ and on Instagram at MyIReady. If you have feedback, a topic of interest, want to be a guest or have a question, email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. This is about you. We're here for you. So until we meet again, be you, be true, be extraordinary. The Extraordinary Educators podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates. Editing by Danielle Sullivan. Social media by At City Hannon. Guest booking by Sari Liberis. Music by Mark Bernstein. This podcast is copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Curriculum Associates and on Instagram at MyIReady and send your emails to extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. <laughs>